All right, well, I'm so excited to dive into God's Word today and continue this series, for Living from the Inside Out, as we've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount, these words of Jesus that are given. So today, I want to start with a phrase that I, I think many of you may know. It's a pretty popular phrase out there, so I'm going to start it, and then I'll ask you guys to finish it. All right, you guys ready? To be or not to be. That is the question. And many, maybe some of you could go on from there. These words from Shakespeare. Let me see the Shakespeare fans. Any, any Shakespeare fans in the room? It's okay if you're not, because the reality is, whether you've read Shakespeare, whether you know his work or not, or know Hamlet, this, that this play, this, this phrase comes from, you know the phrase. We, we know it's just out in the, the world. To be or not to be, that is the question. Well, today, I wanted to start this way because we're talking about a topic today that is prayer. And as we think about this idea of prayer, we're going to specifically look at things and what it is, what it is to be and not to be, right? Because we have this the phrase to be or not to be. But as we think about prayer, we want to talk about what it is and what it should be and what it should not be. So this is kind of a way for us to hopefully walk away from today remembering some things that prayer should be and it should not be. So as we get started, what is prayer? What is prayer? I'm going to give us a simple definition you see on the screen. is simply communication with God. And I use this word communication because with prayer there's an aspect of both speaking and listening hearing from God. Now, today we're primarily going to talk about the things that we say and how we talk to God and how we carry about our prayer life that way. But this is simply communication with God. And I say it simply like that because here's the reality. Many of you in this room probably come into today, regardless of your background, with some notion about what prayer is. You've been taught a certain thing from a previous church you've been at, from the family that you're a part of. You've learned or understood that this is how you do prayer. Or you've heard people pray and think, wow, that's, that's great prayer. Or you've heard other prayers and you're like, what were they saying? You know, so we all have these notions and these understandings of what prayer is. So what we want to do, what we're going to do today is just walk through these verses as we just continue to walk through the Sermon on the Mount verse by verse. And these verses today really look at prayer and a couple things that it should not be and a couple things that it should be. So if you've got your Bible, your device, you're going to see these verses up on the screen as well. But we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 6. And read, I want to start, we're going to look at verses 5 through 8, but we're going to take them piece by piece. So I want to start with just reading verse 5, and it says this. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Now, I want to point out a number of different things in this verse in particular, but the first thing I want us to look at is this phrase, when you pray. If you're with us last week, Pat Murata talked about this phrase of when you give. There was an expectation as Jesus is speaking with the disciples that this is something that's part of the Christian life, 
Part of your walk as a disciple of Jesus is last week giving and this now praying. When you pray, we'll see this language used in other, and this passage as we continue on, this whole idea of when you do these things. So again, Pat talked about this last week with this idea in the word of hypocrites. This isn't, he's not saying you say one thing and then you do another, but it's what's behind why you do what you do. When Jesus is talking to the disciples and saying, when you pray, it's not like, well, if you choose to or you're saying you're going to pray and then you don't pray. He's like, no, no, no. When you pray, you're doing this. Then he gives the what not to do. So when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. What do they do? They love to stand and pray and be seen by others. So the first thing that we don't want to do is pray. Don't pray to be seen by others. I'm going to put this on a couple lists here. Andrew, if you want to go to that next one. The first thing is don't pray to be seen by others. That's the first thing we don't want to do. Now, some of you, you're, you're hearing these words and you're like, I, this is no problem at all. I, I can't even imagine praying. I don't even pray out loud by myself let alone with a group of people in a small group, let alone go to, it says, in the synagogue and in the street. Are you kidding me? There's not a chance you would catch me praying out loud at church or in the street corners. Like, forget this. We can move on quickly. I got it. I got it. You're never going to see me praying in these places. We're done. We're good. So if that's you, I totally get it. (laughs) All right. But I will say, I think there's a piece of caution to this because you'll find the longer you may are a follower of Jesus Christ, that there's going to be moments where someone pushes you or says, you go ahead and pray. And you're like, all right, I guess I'll try. Or you might even find yourself with a feeling of like embarrassment or like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't pray like so-and-so or like, I, I'm, not, I'm not good at praying. If that's you, I want to just face this reality that this is not something that is about being a good prayer. We're going to talk about what it means to just truly be in the presence of God in a little bit. And it's about not praying to be seen by others or being known. Honestly, this is the meaning of this. When people reward you, if you get the phrases, the words like, man, you're an awesome prayer. Like, that's okay. But that's part of the, you've received your reward. Like, I, I honestly, you know, I, I would say get the privilege, but also have the responsibility of often praying from the stage. Michael does as well. Joshua does as well. And there's these moments where, like, we don't necessarily want people to just come and be like, great prayer, because we, we're not trying to put on a show. And we think about this, like I say, this word hypocrites, this putting on a mask, putting on a show. When we, when we do pray, out loud in front of people, we don't want it to be so that we sound good. We don't want it to be so that we're seen by others. We want it truly to be a communication with God. Yes, it may be before other people, in front of other people, but we want it to truly be a communication with God. It's this closeness with him and not necessarily to be seen by others. But again, going back to this may be the reality that there's a motivation behind why we pray and why we do what we do. And again, some of you may be like, this, I don't have to worry about this. But I do want to caution us, maybe a modern day application. We have a world of social media and putting everything out there. 
And only, we've talked about this through this series, this has been honestly an eye-opening, heart-opening series for myself. I hope it has been for all of you guys as well And truly questioning our motivation. And only you know and God knows the motivation in your heart behind why you do what you do. So let me preface what I'm about to say with saying that only you know your motivation. So when you think about your life on the World Wide Web, on social media, what you put out there, we have to ask ourselves the question, when a prayer request comes, when something is out there and you say, oh, you know what, I'll pray for that and I'm gonna type out my prayer. I'm gonna put out my prayer so that other people are seeing the words that I wanna say, the prayer that I'm lifting up. If your motivation is truly like, this is my prayer, I'm just putting this out there before God and to be an encouragement, that is amazing. But if you find yourself typing out that prayer and being like, ooh, someone might not think that's super spiritual. Ooh, I, I wanna make sure this sounds good and spirit. Ooh, you know what? I better drop in a couple verses or a couple extra phrases that make it look like this is, this is a solid prayer. If, if, that's, if that's going through your mind and through your heart as you put those words out there, th- that's a motivation check. And what does it say at the end of this verse? Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. If, if you hope in that moment, whether this is praying out loud, putting it out there on social media, written word, whatever it is, to hear the words, wow, that's a great prayer, or get the, the likes and the thumbs up comments and all that kind of stuff, if that's the desire, the motivation of what you hope happens based on a prayer that you pray, words that you put out there, that's it. That's the reward. And unfortunately, I bet you guys have maybe been in this place where you've heard some amazing prayers. And then the prayer's not answered like you thought it would be or hoped it would be. And there's a piece of wonder is the, re- the reward already happened. Instead of a reward of an answered prayer, there was a reward of great prayer good words. And we really have to think about what that looks like and what that means, what our prayer life looks like. Is it truly to be before God or is it like the hypocrites and they've received their reward? I know this is, you're like, man, I didn't know I came in here to get down about my prayer life today. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. All right. So, but before we go to the, what it gets better and looks like one more, do not do. Let's jump down to verse seven, where it says this. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. The second piece of what not to do is don't pray like you're trying to sway. And I just give this quick little rhyme so you hopefully remember it. Don't, what I mean is we're not trying to sway God. We're not trying to persuade him to get what we want by the many words that we use or being repetitious in how we go about praying. So this is Jesus now turning the corner a little bit. So he talked about the hypocrites, the people that were often the religious leaders who would pray in the synagogue, who would pray in the street corner. And it was often so, you see this in the book of Luke, so that it's like, ah, look at me, I am a great prayer. Now Jesus turns the corner and says, but also don't be like the Gentiles. 
See, the Gentiles come from a pagan background where they've been truly transformed and they're trying to walk in a new way of life, but they've often come from following pagan gods, little g gods. And what this looked like is they would call out over and over and over to the God. We see this recorded in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 18, where it says, for over two hours, or about two hours, they prayed to Artemis of the Ephesians. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Can you imagine saying that for two hours? Just repeat it over and over and over and over. But that was the idea, is if you want to get your God's attention, or you go back to the Old Testament, where there's the prophets of Baal and they're, they're you know, uh, getting up on the mountain and it's like they're praying over and over and over to their God, imploring as a God, God may, and, and uh, Elijah kind of teases them and says, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe you need to get his attention. They're like, okay, we'll just pray more, pray more, more words, more words. We gotta get his attention, we gotta get his attention. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. That's not what this is about. It's not about some magic words. It's not like God is a genie and you got to say the right words and say it in the right. I mean, can you imagine if God were like that, where he's like, okay, here's the deal. If you pray these words, you'll get this outcome. You'll, you'll get, that's how it works. And then we're like, all right, I'm going to pray the words. I'm going to, you know, give it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer up, you know, to the, to the genie. God, get, please grant this wish of mine, I, what I desire. And he goes, ooh, you missed the phrase this, or you didn't add in the this. That's not how God works. What does it say? He's a loving, loving heavenly father who knows what we need before we even ask. That's the God that we pray to. And our prayers can be and are filled with meaning and this coming before God with words and with our minds engaged and our hearts engaged in a powerful way. E.M. Bounds said it this way, prayer is not a little habit pinned on to us while we're tied to our mother's apron strings. Neither is it a little decent quarter of a minute's grace over an hour's dinner, but it's a most serious work of our most serious years. God wants us to be engaged with him in this communication, in this time, in this conversation, and to be focused on him. Now, does that mean we shouldn't be praying unless we can be fully devoted with every part of all the way? No, no, no. We see all throughout the New Testament where it says, pray without ceasing, pray continuously. We go about praying with our lives. This is an ongoing conversation. But there can be and ought to be moments where we do pull away and sit with God. And that's what we see in the what to do that we're going to jump to back in verse 6 and then verse down in verse 8 again. So we'll go back to verse 6. We've seen what not to do. Don't pray to be seen by others. Don't be praying with extra words trying to sway God. Well, let's jump back to verse 6 on the what to do. But when you pray, there's that phrase again, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So the first piece of what to do is pray in private. Pray in private. Now, is Jesus saying here, all public prayer is off? Like, I, just quit it. Like, should we just in our church services be like, no more prayer? Prayer is something only for private. So when you pray, make sure you only do it in private. No. 
That's not, that's not what Jesus says. Jesus practiced public prayer. Before the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000, Jesus prayed publicly. We see that in the Acts, it talks about coming together and praying together. So there's repeated examples that were to pray together and have public prayer together. But then in this example, Jesus is saying, we should have a time that we set aside and commune with God in a private type of way. And, I, and this is powerful because it gives different results. It says, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who's in secret. And how does it end? And your father who sees in secret will reward you. See, first, Jesus had said, don't pray this way because if you do, that's the end. That's the end of the reward. You receive the praise of man, which is the reward. But when you pray differently, the results are different. God hears those prayers in the quiet places when we're pouring ourselves out before him, not for the motivation of praise by other people, but truly to be in God's presence. And he's saying, okay, I got that prayer. I hear those prayers. I'm convinced that some of the most miraculous, amazing things that we experience and see in our world, in the worlds around us where we're just like, wow, what just happened is the result of someone praying that we never knew about. But God heard that prayer and God answered that prayer in his will and in his way and in his timing that we have nothing to do but go, wow, that's all God. So what does this look like for us? Maybe some of you, you, this is, you want to take this verse and take it home and take it literally. And I'm, maybe you guys have known people like this. My, my grandmother was this way. Look, practice this verse uh, literally. And she wouldn't mind me sharing the, this story. Um, and I, it was impactful for me because I, would, I didn't necessarily know this passage. But I remember going to my grandparents' house as a young child, staying the night and waking up the next morning and being like, all right. So I'm awake. It's, you know, time to go. I'm sure grandpa and grandma are up and I'm hungry. So where's grandma? Because she's going to make a good breakfast or do something. And best of all, we're going to have chocolate milk. So I'm like, I got to go find grandma. Where is she? Maybe it's summertime. She's like, okay, maybe she's out in the garden, get some fresh vegetables or, you know, things like that. And can't find grandma. Where's grandma? Where's grandma? I'm like, ah, she's playing some hide and seek. She wants early part of the day. We're part of the day. We're going to play some hide and seek. Best place to hide in my grandma's house the walk-in closet. So I'm like, all right, that's, that's, this is where I'm going to find grandma. So I, you know, go to the door and I'm like, she's going to, she's going to like jump out at me and be like, ah, I got you. Good morning, whatever. I go open the door and there's grandma, but she didn't, she didn't lunge out. She, no, surprise, you know, hide and seek, you win. She was there on her knees. I remember just feeling like in this moment, this was a, a holy moment or a space of like, whoa, what did I just walk into? And grandma, she didn't, she didn't turn. She didn't be like, give me a few more minutes or anything. She just truly stayed in that moment. I'm kind of like, all right, I better just give her the space, you know, shut the door back up and walk away. You know, I'm like, I hope she doesn't take too long. I'm kind of hungry here, but she would eventually come out. And, and to this day, I don't know that we've talked about it much, but that impacted me seeing her in that space. And some of you may be able to do that, but I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Most of us don't have a walk-in closet, all right? So maybe that's not you. You don't have a closet. You don't have a space like that that you can go into, shut the door, take this literally. But what does it look like for you? 
Is there a space and a time where you can say, I get up in the morning and I sit in this certain spot and I read some scripture and I spend time in prayer? Or maybe you're like, man, I'm too tired. I'm not a morning person. That's not for me. Michael mentioned you're your 11 o'clock crowd. You're like, I'm not an early morning person. That's okay. You head off to work and maybe you're at your peak and height in the middle of the morning or whatever. And you're like, I take a coffee break at work. And maybe that's a time where you find a spot in the break room or whatever. Or maybe it's lunchtime for you and you want to go out to your car. And that's like your special prayer space where you meet with God in those moments. There's a variety of ways in which we can practice this praying in private. And I just think there's such power in the way that we practice this and taking these moments of just truly being in God's presence and truly just focusing on all that he is pouring out our hearts. And then I think one of the greatest rewards, it says, and he will reward you. Does that reward mean God's always going to answer the prayers in those moments with a yes? Not, no, it doesn't. You could be like, I, I followed the plan. I went into my spe- special place. I went into the spot. I did the thing, I, you know, and then I prayed and I begged God and asked him to heal this person. Didn't happen. I did it. I went, I went to this special place. I prayed in all this way, expecting God to reward me with this answer of a restored relationship. And it didn't go that way. I begged God to give me this new job that would, would take me in ways and special places that I, I know I could do kingdom work for him. It would be amazing. And it didn't go that way. I prayed for this person that was struggling with an illness, with a sickness, to be healed from it. And they didn't, it, they passed away. What do we do then? I think a huge piece of the reward in these moments is truly God's presence. We see in Psalm chapter 23 and verse 4, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Even in the toughest moments of our lives, we can go before God in prayer and know that he is with us. But maybe you're someone who also is, you're like, you know, I'm prayerful and hopeful and thinking about the future, but if I'm honest, often it fills me with worry and anxiety, and I I just get all stirred up and all filled with emotions. Again, there's something for that. Or excuse me, Philippians chapter four talks about this. If you want to go to that next slide, uh, Philippians chapter four. Got me, Andrew? Philippians chapter four. There we go. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Sometimes the biggest, greatest answer to our prayers, our anxious thoughts, our worries about the future is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And that peace will guard us, guard our hearts, guard our minds from wanting to go to the places of saying, God, why didn't you answer this? God, why didn't you come through? God, why is my life like this? God, why didn't you grant me this wish, this hope, this desire that I had? Clearly, it's something that would be for you. And God goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
I give you my peace. And that is enough. You can think of the words of the Apostle Paul where he talks about and says, I pleaded with the Lord. I pleaded with the Lord. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Sometimes the greatest answer to our prayer is simply the peace of God with us. Because going back to our passage from today, Matthew chapter five, at the end of verse eight, it says, and your father knows what you need before you ask him. And that's the second piece on the what to do is to trust in our heavenly father who knows what we need. God knows what we need way more than what we do. And sometimes, if not often, what we want, what we desire, what we chase after is not what we need. God knows what we need. And he is a loving, heavenly father. The gospels talk about how our earthly fathers often will give us good gifts. And if our earthly fathers know how to do that, how much more will our heavenly father, who is so far beyond, give us good things meaning what we need. That's the incredible power of prayer and being in God's presence. Ecclesiastes 5 says it this way, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. We can go before God and just be in his presence and hear from him, recognizing that it's not about heaping up all these phrases, going back to those pieces of the do not and the, and the do be. We don't want to be people who are just throwing out all these phrases. We don't want to be like the hypocrites who are known for standing in the street corners and praying out loud and being, being known like, oh, it looks like they're all spiritual, but that's not who they really, really are. And we also don't want to be people who are just, you know, going over and over monotonous, not really engaging deeply. We don't want to be people who are just like, I'll just say the same prayer. I'll just repeat the Lord's Prayer. I'll go over it again and again. We want to be people who are engaged in these moments with our loving Heavenly Father, trusting in Him, taking these sweet, quiet moments with Him. Well, there's a variety of ways that you can apply this message today, and, and we could have gone a long time in talking about this whole topic of prayer. So I want, to, I want to do a few things this morning by way of application. One is when you get ready to leave here today, at these tables out in the lobby, there's uh, some studies coming up specifically on prayer and other ones that are Bible studies and things like that certainly are going to spend time in prayer. So I want to encourage you to check all of those out. And then as we've been talking about Alpha, we're in the midst of a 21-day prayer campaign, and there's some booklets out at the Alpha table out there that talk about we're praying specifically for people in our community that we can invite that could come along to Alpha with us, and we want to be praying for those people. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you this week to be engaging in times of prayer. Maybe you're someone who uses an app like the YouVersion Bible app, and there's tons of options on prayer devotion 
devotionals that you can dive into this week. And maybe for you, it is just saying, I've never really done this before, and I need to start setting aside a little time and maybe finding a a spot or a thing that I could go to. But maybe you're someone who has done this for years and years and years, and that is amazing. And I just want to encourage you and challenge you this week to keep on keeping on. Because sometimes you might wonder, is God hearing my prayer? When is he going to come through on this? When is he going to answer my prayer in the way that I hope for or just answer it in general? Can I encourage you to just keep on keeping on because our prayers outlast us. Our prayers are so far beyond the here and the now. They have eternal just pieces that go to it. We're going to talk about that in just one moment. So I want to encourage you to just keep on focusing on that. And specifically today, in just a few moments, we're going to practice communion together. And this is a time to truly reflect and spend time in prayer. And the band's going to come out and and just give us a, a time of just being able to reflect and be in the moment of prayer privately, but also together. We're obviously together. This isn't the space of being alone, but we're going to have some time of prayer and engaging in communion together, and we're going to sing a couple more songs. We usually only just end with one more song. You might be like, all right, let's transition, and I, I got lunch plans. I want us to engage in this moment. We're going to Listen to, sing, and whatever posture you want to take as we sing the song Mighty Cross and really reflect on Jesus Christ going to the cross for us, giving up his body and his blood for us. And then as we think about this practice of prayer, it goes so far beyond the here and the now. And as we close this morning, we're gonna sing this song by the grace of God. And as we think about, and and just some words from this song is truly a prayer that we sing out to God. You are the passion of my life, Lord Jesus. You are the song within my soul, my strength, my hope, my all in all is you. But there's another piece of this as well in that song that I think is just a beautiful piece that we can apply to prayer. It says, when breath grows still and night draws near, I will not be afraid for I know the plans he has for me don't finish at my grave. And I love these words from George Mueller says this, the great point is never to give up until the answer comes. I've been praying for 63 years and eight months for one man's conversion. He's not saved yet, but he will be. How can it be otherwise? I am praying. The day came when Mueller's friend received Christ. It did not come until Mueller's casket was lowered in the ground. There, near an open grave, this friend gave his heart to God. So as we reflect on that, as we think about the power of prayer and going to God on behalf of others and going to God with these words and desires of just being in his presence and reflecting on all that he is. This morning, it would feel a little bit uh, out of place, I feel like, for me to close this time right now in a public prayer. So what I want us to do is, the band's just gonna continue just giving some soft music here, and I want us all 
to just pray right where you are. Take this time to reflect and be in the presence of God. And then we will continue with singing, but I just want us to take this moment of praying together, but on your own right now.